0: What is up, DMV basketball fans? Want to preview the Asheville Championship for you coming up this weekend. Uh, a lot of Maryland fans listening to this, so I think they're going to be interested in knowing just who's in the field, who the competition is. And to join me, I've got a college basketball savant here, uh, Brian Ralph. Brian, the coverage you guys provided, he check CBB uh, for all of college basketball, is incredible. And also, you were a big contributor to the Almanac uh, through Field of 68, which... Candidly, is where most of my notes for this show came from. So uh, if some of this sounds familiar and stuff, I'm sure you looked at and, and proofread and edited and all that kind of good stuff, too. So uh, thanks for joining the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: I appreciate it. I uh, just you know, wanted to, uh, to talk a little bit about kind of these other teams in the field. It's early in the season. I think most college basketball fans haven't seen some of these other teams, especially some of the mid-major group. Uh, so we'll get into that a little bit, but first we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Ice Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Half and Halves, Hard Everything, and Bet Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. You get the latest odds lines, uh, matchup reports, info, everything for boxing, golf, UFC, tennis, and of course, football and basketball. Online is your uh, number one source and easiest place to place uh, wagers for live betting and your favorite casino and card games, all that good stuff. So head to the website or use your mobile device today and get it on the action is our promo code believe BLEAV for 50% off your welcome bonus, Ben online where the game starts. Okay, cool. So uh, let's start with Davidson. That's who Maryland plays first in Asheville. It's at 7 p.m. The game will be on ESPNU. Uh, obviously, I think people who watch college basketball will remember Bob McKillop. But uh, last year, yep. the first year under his son, Matt McKillop, didn't go quite as well. I guess what should fans expect from Davidson this season?
1: We don't know, to be quite honest. And I know that's not a, a popular answer to give, uh, but this is a team that had a lot of turnover and is still trying to kind of find its way uh, under the younger McCullough, as you mentioned, we are hoping to get some stuff out of the, the first game they played, but they, they played Washington and Lee D two team or non D one team, maybe they're D three, but non D one team won that the way you'd expect. So there weren't any um, Louisville type hiccups or, or anything like that. Uh, but the way that they want to play has not changed from past years. They want to space the floor, shoot well. Smaller team that's going to focus on, on spacing you out, cutting, playing smart basketball and, and, and doing some pressure things on the defensive end of the court. Um, but it's going to come down to, uh, in terms of Maryland's game against them, if Maryland is able to match up on the perimeter, which they should be, uh, right. and if Davidson is able to make a lot of threes or not, Maryland should be able to, to pressure them enough on the perimeter. But this Davidson team is still very much trying to find itself, identify go-to scorers, establish a pecking order, find those consistent contributors. Uh, so maybe this is the game they start finding that out. Maybe it's not. Um, I would I would lean no, given the the talent that Maryland has. Um, but for this Davidson team. It's probably good to get them now because they're going to be much one of those teams that's going to be much much better January and February once they've figured everything out as opposed to to right now.
0: I kind of think that about both of the mid-major teams in this field. We'll get to UAB here in yes. a minute, but I'm glad you said this because uh, I was looking at this roster and I'm like, okay, uh, <laughs> basically a kind of a two-team team last year with Foster Lawyer and Sam Menenga. They both move on, mm-hmm. so who really fills you know fills that void for them? Uh, just looking at the roster here, they've got a couple candidates for that potentially. And I'm noticing like more size on this roster than the last couple years. So uh, I was kind of surprised by that. You've got Reed Bailey, who's kind of a stretch big, but also got some post moves uh, about 6'11", maybe seven feet. Uh, and then David Skogman, another six foot 10 guy. Uh, they think he's going to be huge. I guess Matt McKillop said that uh, this is a guy that they expect to be like their breakout offensive candidate this year. So. That'll be interesting. If you got two six foot ten guys and both of them can theoretically shoot, one of them can pound it inside. Uh, Maryland's not the biggest team, so that makes me mm-hmm. a little nervous. And the size Maryland does have, honestly, is a lot of like underclassmen. So uh, I'm a little scared by that. If this team can shoot a lot of threes and get hot, and they've got a couple of bigger dudes, uh, that I don't know. I'm, I'm skittish as a Maryland fan.
1: Well, they're they are the traditional Davidson bigs. They have more size <laughs> Tra- than past Davidson bigs have had. Yeah but they're more perimeter players they they can okay. do some things inside as you mentioned uh, but they are you know both shoot pretty good percentages from outside mm-hmm. uh, and that is that is where they make their their money the pick and pop game yep. um, drawing opposing bigs away from the basket to create opportunities uh, they they may try to, to test that size against Maryland's lack of, I, I think Maryland's a little bit, a little bit beefier yeah. inside than than Davidson is. They may try it out, but um, the way this Davidson wants to play is going to, is going to be on the perimeter and utilizing those guys in those pick and pop situations and, and, and space on the floor.
0: Maryland don't look a little shaky, to be honest in their opener against Mount St. Mary's it's to be expected kind of in the first game of the season, but Julian Reese was kind of the one guy that it was like, OK, yes, we can we can count on him to do this all year. And if you get mm-hmm. two, uh two kind of smaller, non-physical bigs, uh, I think Reese is is going to feast. And and that's been a problem for Davidson is sort of protecting the rim. That's not really a thing right. that they relied on a ton a whole lot the last couple of years, not really the style of basketball that they play. So I guess do you expect Reese to have a potentially pretty big game here as well?
1: I do him and Scott both. I think should be able to kind of do what they want inside. Uh, and for someone like Jameer Young too, on the smaller end of things, who mm. you know is crafty enough to finish around bigger defenders sure. to not have that to worry about. Should have a potentially a, a, a big game in line for him as well. Um, like that, like, to me, that plays into Maryland's hands. Davidson's good enough to where like they'll test you, right? If you're not on top of your game and make you play well. But it's also someone that I don't think Maryland needs to worry about potentially losing to if they if they bring anything close to like an a b or c game
0: there's a little bit more size on the perimeter for davidson this year angelo brizzy comes in from villanova an athletic guy somebody that they'll look to try to contain someone like jameer young i think is there anyone else on the perimeter who really stands out to you
1: not in a way that you would you would potentially be very concerned about um Grant Huffman might be the other guy who was solid for them last season. He didn't, he averaged just under 10 points a game. Um, He's the other guy that, that can provide some creation, uh, whether it be scoring or or finding others. Um, But those are the two guys that if you're Maryland, you need to need to be worried about.
0: Uh, Great. Okay. Well, that's probably pretty good on Davidson. I I feel like Maryland should be able to get through this one, assuming, uh, you know, no crazy hot shooting days from, from Davidson here. So, Let's focus on the the second game here, the 9.30 start. Uh, You've got UAB playing Clemson. Uh, Honestly, this one could go either way to me. I actually think Clemson will be pretty good this year, but I've got a lot of uh, Andy Kennedy stock at UAB. So maybe let's just start with Clemson for sake argument here. Uh, They finished third in the ACC last year, still somehow didn't make the NCAA tournament, which is kind of hard to do. Uh, Brad Bredell always on the hot seat somehow. Looking at this roster, like I said, I think they're going to be a pretty good team. They're they're pretty top heavy. I guess. What do you make of Clemson this season?
1: Yeah, they should be right. Like like PJ Hall is a legitimate first team All ACC caliber player. Joe Girard, transfer from Syracuse, comes in bolsters Syracuse's or uh, bolster Clemson's backcourt. Uh, proven player in the ACC, spent you know three years. I think it was at Syracuse at this point. Um, so he he has the experience to to lead that group, and that was what they were missing. What well, was somebody on the perimeter and someone who could really space the floor at a high level? And those are the two guys that you look at and are going to dictate how good this Clemson team can be. They they looked good in their first game against Winthrop, a pretty good team, and posed a tough challenge. But, but Clemson handled them enough. Um, the question here to your kind of your point is depth. They have you know a handful of guys that you should be able to rely on every night, and then what do you get? Behind them, and that's been missing from Clemson in terms of making them a consistent NCAA tournament team, is getting those that consistent production from the, the quote unquote others, right? The, the role players and the bench guys. It's still too early to know if they're able to develop that this year, um, but right now, with with the way things are in this tournament, it's going to be Hall and Gerard dictating the level of play that they they have.
0: Yeah. I'm like a big PJ hall fan. I feel like he's the best guy that like average college basketball fans, like don't know, or have never seen play. And then you see yep. the stat lines and you're like, Oh, uh, he outplayed Kyle Filipowski tonight. Like that's, <laughs> that's someone we should pay attention to. Yep. Uh, uh, chase Hunter though, was probably the other big name. Another senior he and hall are kind of the staples of the t- returning group that you mentioned, but, uh, just to kind of move to some of the other guys a little bit, I guess, Dylan Hunter Chase's little brother, uh, he seems like somebody that's maybe poised to take a step forward this year and add some of that depth. Uh, I guess, is there anyone else you see being a potential breakout guy that could help them a little bit this season?
1: Uh, not necessarily returning, but Jack Clark coming in from NC State on the wing yeah. gives them a little bit more versatility uh, on the wing than they've had in years past. Sure. Um, that's been a position that the best Brown Brad, Bradell teams have excelled as Having somebody at the three, um, or maybe a big two or a small yeah. four, that is a matchup problem because Brownell is is a pretty good X and O coach. It really has been throughout his tenure, uh, which has caused him to sit that middle ground because he's gotten the most out of a lot of teams that maybe don't have a, as much talent. It's just coming on the recruiting end and accumulating that much talent, but this team, this team has that. Clark can be that chess piece where if the backcourt's hitting and if P.J. Hall is playing well, you can use him in a number of different ways Defensively, and then taking advantage of some matchups on the offensive end, uh, whether that's posting up against smaller defenders or playing out perimeter against bigger ones, hmm. he is he is that X factor for them. That if, if he is playing at a high level, which he has an opportunity to do, that he can then be he can then be the guy.
0: I kind of think of this team as just like a solid, smart, uh, like defensive team every year. They hold opponents under you know seventy points pretty much every season. It seems like, hmm. uh, but you're replacing like a pretty good defensive player and Hunter Tyson as a key contributor. And now you've got Joe Gerrard, who is like maybe one of the three main reasons that Syracuse has been trash on defense the last couple of years. So yeah, uh, how do you expect them to compensate for him?
1: They need Gerrard shooting and offense. Yeah. That was the other part that Tyson brought was he was that, yeah. that second scorer to Hall. And sometimes Hall was a second scorer to him. Yeah. Right. So you you can't take Gerrard off the court because of what he brings offensively. Mm-hmm. I, Clemson's going to count on their structure to, to mask that. You know, Hope that Gerard can play at a, let's say, average level. Yeah, reasonable level, average yeah, level. Right. yeah just, just be serviceable, and then they don't need him to be a lockdown guy uh, and work around it, which I think is why someone like Clark is so important. Because you, you then have length at other positions. You can then put Gerard on maybe the fifth offensive option on the court for the other team and offset that. And Brownell was good at, at working matchups that way. But he's, yeah, it's an issue, but he's also someone you can't take off the court. So it's... it's. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media
0: Uh, this is a team I think that probably is like least service, like to to be able to survive an injury. If you lose any of of your Mm -hmm. three main guys here, I I think this could get weird for them really quickly. I don't don't know who plugs holes for any extended period of time. Uh, Chase Hunter was hurt for a little bit last year. Brevin Galloway, one of their key contributors uh, Mm -hmm. had the testicle injury. I I don't know how else to to phrase that. Um, So if if they have anything like that again this year, this seems like a team that, that could desperately, you know, Definitely underachieve, but uh, I don't know. I think yeah, if, no, no, no. if you catch them healthy and hot, uh, you you might be in for a long
1: night. Yeah, if there's another testicle issue at Clemson, I think we might need to start investigating what's what's yeah, going right. on down yeah. there. But but yeah, the depth is a concern. Depth is certainly a concern.
0: Uh, last guy probably worth talking about here just for a minute, Chauncey Wiggins didn't play a ton last year. Six-foot-ten guy, I think they expect to make kind of a jump this year. He's filled out a little bit, supposedly got some perimeter skills uh what do you know about wiggins and and do you kind of see that potential jump coming from him
1: i think that the jump's probably going to come next year um he right now he's you can get minutes with hall on the bench Mm -hmm. and not lose a lot that that's a win that's what clumpton's hoping to get from him uh now hall is versatile enough that in certain situations you can play both of them against big teams but right now it's can you go from not really playing a lot to providing reliable spot minutes so that Hall can get a break and play 30 minutes a night instead of 35 minutes a night. Right. Um, that's, that's what they're hoping for from him. And um, I think he's got the ability to do that. We just need to see it on a consistent basis.
0: I don't think Hall doesn't get much love. I, again, every time I watch this guy, I'm like, Holy shit. Like how, how is this not a guy we talk about more, but if he's not like a first team all ACC guy this year, that, that would be a
1: shock to me. It's because he plays at Clemson. Yeah. And, you know, Clemson is not a program that has played in a lot of big games, notable games that are on, that are on, you know, real national TV uh, ACC fans know who, who he is and you, he gets a lot of love in those circles. Uh, but certainly nationally, he's one of those under, under the radar guys who come NBA draft time, like one of those guys that gets drafted. Everyone's like, who, who, who
0: is yeah, that? Yeah,
1: yeah. But yeah, he's, he's legit.
0: I think people saw that uh, this year going in the draft with uh, Hunter Tyson. He had a big summer league and things like that. And everyone did the Ho meme. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, you know, if you've seen the ACC basketball uh, uh, realm in the last couple of years, you know that. Uh, All right, let's just pivot a little bit here into uh, the final team, UAB. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, Andy Kennedy, really good coach. They were great in Conference USA last year. They switched to the American this year. I don't really know if that changes a whole lot for them personally. I think they're still probably, you know, top. Quarter team in their new conference i would think but he's a dude that always just kind of seems to like overachieve relative to the level of talent i think and and to me that's a good sign of a good coach so uh what do you expect from uab and, and what are the things people could, you know should kind of know about this team
1: we said this with david said, and i think it holds even more true with uab but this is a team that you're gonna want to play now because they're gonna look vastly different yeah. in january and february and, and potentially even into march um they lost jelly walker who if you've paid any attention to UAB at all. He is he's the man. Uh, yeah. All-conference caliber performer, guy who was the star of their NJ tournament team, guy who was a star of their team that made the NIT finals last year, um, guy who could get you 20, 25 points a night without really thinking about it. Because of that, they ran everything through him. He was ball-dominant point guard who was more of a scorer at, at 5'11", perhaps generously listed uh, around there, smaller guy. But um, now he's gone and they have to Adjust. We saw the first game they played this season against Bradley, which they lost. Now, Bradley is a good team, um, but that's also the kind of game that UAB should win. In that game, there was a lot of um, trying to figure out who they were offensively, for lack of a better term. It's your first game without Jelly Walker being the, the main guy and trying to find someone who can run the show, someone who can pick up that scoring burden. Uh, how to execute the half-court offensively without a ton of shooting, um, those growing pains showed up. I, I think that's a nice way to put it. Those, those growing pains showed up. They probably will show up in Asheville too because they're not something that, that gets fixed overnight. Uh, this is a talented team that, as you mentioned, probably will finish in the top half of the American, could finish in the top quarter uh, depending on how how things go and who steps up in there. Eric Gaines is probably the guy who you're, you're looking yeah, at to, so. do, to do so. But right now they're still very much – figuring themselves out offensively they're going to be very very good defensively uh but if you slow them down to make them execute in half court that's not something looks like they can do right now If this
0: is like the team that like always does like the james harden kind of offense it seems like like uh kennedy always has like that one hub that everybody kind of rotates around and uh yeah to your point i don't i don't think Gaines is really that kind of guy he seems like a kind of a good secondary uh dude you know like you wouldn't want to guard him in a pick and roll a bunch of times but uh can he can he be a twenty-five point per game scorer? I I don't I don't kind of see that coming from him though.
1: No. I don't yeah, and I don't see that from anybody on this roster really. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Andy Kennedy talked about this offseason was needing to be more balanced offensively. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because of the way he wants to play, which I'm sure he'd like to be more balanced, but yeah. it's also just by necessity because that guy isn't on the roster. Mm-hmm. And when you couple that with some spacing issues. Caused by a, a general lack of shooting, it's going to be tough. I think the the route for UAB to be successful, particularly early, is to play at a high tempo because they have athletes, and if they can get in transition, you don't have to worry about your half court execution. Right, exactly. You're using the athleticism in transition, and they did. That was one thing that Bradley was able to do against them that first game was slow the game down. That's the way Bradley wants to play, and so if UAB gets slowed down, they're very very beatable. Uh, the way you that you run into troubles if you allow them to get in transition.
0: I think that's going to be the interesting kind of dynamic here. Like if you're Maryland, I think um, that's probably not like super well suited to you. The Maryland's half court offense looked especially kind of rocky in this first game. And they're kind of better suited to like change the pace and change the tempo and get out and run on you too. Whereas like Clemson, I think is probably happy to be in that like slug it out kind of lower scoring game. And I think that's a tougher matchup for, for UAB coming out of the gates here. I guess if you had to, you know, predict a winner from that game. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Who, uh, who do you think Maryland actually ends up playing in the second game?
1: Yeah, I think Maryland ends up playing Clemson. Um, kind of what we talked about with slowing the pace down. It, Clemson has better talent, um, which is not a, not a yeah. huge, huge no, shock. Yep. Um, but the style of play and the, the talent uh, advantage in their favor, I, I would say Clemson. So we'd, we'd get that old ACC matchup going uh, in Nashville, I like which, Perhaps should be in in Greensboro if, yeah, if right, we're going actually, there for yeah. all times, but but yeah, it looked like it'd be those two. The
0: thing I like about this UAB team, and it's been like an Andy Kennedy staple, is they're not afraid to like throw the kitchen sink at you and yes. play a bunch of different defenses and get after you. And one of the questions in the chat here from uh, it never makes no sense says, "How long do you expect for it to take for Maryland's press to become elite again?" that would be a game where both teams would be pressing each other. And I don't really know how that plays out. It could get ugly and sloppy, but uh, you know, for fa- fans of like aggressive defense, it might be kind of fun to watch.
1: Yeah. And it's, it leads to more up and down action and, and more, you know, fast paced, high energy play, which is always more fun to watch than um, you know, like a Virginia style. So yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Offensive rebounding, another staple of this UAB team. And that's something that's been uh, like a, a good recipe for success for teams a lot of years, especially in the NCAA tournament. You saw San Diego State, you know, re- offensive mm-hmm. rebound their way to the final. Uh yep. Houston kind of always does that pretty well. I guess if if you know, this is what we talked about, right? If you want to play them early in the year, they're gonna defend and they're gonna get a lot of like easy buckets around the rim here off off second mm-hmm. chance points if you're not sharp and on your game, it's definitely not a team you want to see early in the season like this. So um yeah. it could be
1: well, the one common theme with UAB and those teams you've mentioned in Houston and San Diego state is that uh, they're not great shooting teams. So yeah. there are opportunities for those offensive yeah. rebounds. And uh, I know particularly in Kelvin Sampson's case and in, in, Brian Dutcher's case at San Diego state, they recruit to them mm. understanding that that's kind of a strategy, right? Is it, yeah. you know, we want to obviously want to be good shooting, but, We're not, and we want to be able to get our misses. If you are able to limit UAB to a single shot and kind of end possessions early, you put them at a huge disadvantage, a huge disadvantage.
0: Uh, Maryland takes and misses a lot of long, tough threes at the end of shot clocks, it seems like. So uh, we'll be interested to see how uh, their offensive rebounding goes in this game too. You mentioned recruiting to offensive rebounding. It seems like that's something Andy uh, Andy Kennedy tried to do here as well. Mm couple of their bigs, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, but Yaxel Lindenborg uh, and Chris Coleman, two guys coming out of JUCO. Uh, yep. uh, Lindenborg led ju- uh, junior college in, in offensive for rebounding and rebounding overall. So I think that's definitely something that they were, were targeting there. And and Coleman's just like another big dude. So uh, yeah. I, I'm interested how that would look
1: against this Maryland team as well. Yeah, and guys who aren't the most skilled, right, but are okay. – Big physical bodies, know where to be, know how to athletic enough to go to go get the ball right off the rim. Um, so they're not guys you necessarily need to guard, but you need to battle against. And that's that's a bit of a different challenge.
0: Makes sense. Uh, all right. The Terps, any thoughts on Maryland going into this season? I You were not on your shows, your uh, podcast, Big Ten Preview, right? So I, I didn't get right. to hear your Maryland take here yet, uh, but would love uh, any thoughts going into
1: the season coming into the season and other teams have shown some things that might make me change my mind, but I I think they're the third best team in the big 10, honestly. And like that, that should be their goal. And potentially if Michigan state happens, they could be the the second best team in the big 10. Although uh, JMU, I think is a legitimately good team. Um, There are, I think the question, some of the questions that existed last year exist Mm -hmm. still uh, with depth, with some shooting, but, Looking around the landscape of college basketball, and particularly in the Big Ten, guard play can be a question, right? We've seen guard play be down across the country really the last couple of years. So having somebody like Jameer Young is huge. And you couple that with a versatile front court with with Reese and Scott, who we've seen do a lot of different things. That trio alone should carry Maryland pretty far, Right. right? And if you, if you get guys stepping up elsewhere, some of the freshmen playing at a high level, contributing sooner rather than later, you know, that's a team that can challenge for a big 10 title, or at least be in the race. Right. I, I don't think they're Purdue because yeah. although the jokes about Purdue are funny. Still, still a very good team. Yeah. Um, it just can't handle the press might, might want to do.
0: Now there's at least a blueprint and that's something that the groups right. uh, can do. So yeah. maybe we can take one of two from them again, this year too.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, but good team. Very good. Like anti tournament very much on the table. Like it's a disappointment if you don't make the tournament, which for yeah, Maryland fans, yeah. two years ago, like that's that's the dream, right?
0: Definitely trending. Because, up. We can let yeah,
1: it I think it's a top twenty-five caliber team. Um it should be should be another good year. I don't know how much we will see improvement like the win column from last season, but another twenty plus win season should be the expectation year.
0: I feel like they just have to be like at least a little bit better on the road this year. Cause you physically can't you know. be any worse. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll take any like mild improvement. If you win three road games in the big 10 this year, that's a, that's a win.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Uh, for anybody who hasn't seen Maryland yet, they kind of won a rock fight against Mount St. Mary's in their opener, which Mount St. Mary is a good aggressive team. So so that's fine. Both freshmen looked okay. Nothing kind of crazy, uh, which is the freshmen. So that that's totally fine. I think mm-hmm. we've seen some, uh, Deshaun Harris-Smith, you know, as big 10 rookie of the year kind of stuff. I didn't necessarily see, uh, you know, one and done lottery pick kind of guy in this first game here, but, uh, he's going to be aggressive and tough. And I think they could use that and some size in the backcourt. I think Kaiser's the one they probably need just the extra shooting. Cause right. that, that looked really, uh, challenging in the first game. They went three of 16 from three, I think is what they finished. So he has got to be a little bit better than that. Otherwise, all. Well, both of these games or all three of these opponents could be really tough matchups for them uh, in this Asheville tournament.
1: Yeah, and, and that'll come, right? There, there needs to be ramping up here, particularly when you're relying on freshmen to play big roles and breaking them into a somewhat established pecking order, mm-hmm. right? With, with the trio that we talked about. I don't expect Davidson to really be an issue for them. They would then come into a Clemson-UAB sure. matchup and then down the road and on a conference play and, and how long it takes them to ramp up if you get enough in that game there should be enough momentum to kind of carry you through like you just need those guys to have a breakout game to feel comfortable get their feet underneath them and keep going we see it every year where it just you need that, that confidence that you had in high school that you're in a new place now and you're trying to find a way some some breakthrough and once that happens I think Maryland will be will be in a really good spot
0: I think the depth is a little better for this team also uh, they were really small yes. last year and uh swanton Roger just looks bigger this year, and Matty Treor, I think, in like two more years, is going to be really good. He's a freak mm-hmm. athlete. He was throwing down like windmills from outside the block, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in layup lines. So that's that's helpful yeah. just to have somebody to to spot Reese a little bit when he inevitably picks up a couple of stupid fouls, which always seems to happen.
1: Yeah, like it's it's still largely unproven. Yeah, in terms of roles they have to play, but again, it's not like the talent isn't there, and I think some Maryland teams. You wonder if the talent was there. So I, you know, certainly take steps in the right direction. Um Again, we could look at this team in January and think that they are the biggest challenger to Purdue. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: Yeah. Having those, at least big bodies to eat up some fouls helps you with that matchup a little bit, at least. Right. Um, just want to ask you one last question about Jordan Geronimo. This is a guy that every year, all the Indiana fans I know were like, this is the year that Geronimo breaks out. And, all offseason, all the Maryland reporting was like, I don't know, Geronimo looks really good in practice. Maybe this is the year he breaks out. Do we ever see a Jordan Geronimo breakout, I guess, and as
1: a college basketball player? I think you'll see games. Okay. I don't think you'll see a season, right? Because I, it's not like he's a new guy yeah, in I, the college landscape or the Big yeah. Ten landscape. Like The ability is there, and I think when he gets hot, you can catch lightning in a bottle and, and ride him mm-hmm. for a game. But he's not going to be somebody who comes in and gets you 15 points a night and is a consistent contributor, yeah. right? But I also don't think Maryland needs him to be that. If he can be what he was at Indiana, like that's okay. You hope you get more than that. And I think he will provide more than that in flashes, just a matter of how consistent that is. And I don't, that consistency hasn't been there. So I wouldn't suddenly expect it to be here now.
0: Yeah, I'm totally with you. If he's versatile and switchable and can add a little athleticism and help them Perfect. in the press, like that's, that's a win, right. I think uh okay most important question of the show here i mentioned i'm a big fan of the almanac uh i know you contributed to that can you just for anyone who is listening to this who has not read the almanac or not contributed or not bought a copy can you give a plug for that
1: it's at cbbalmanac.com it is uh i am biased but think the most comprehensive season preview you will find out there it's more important than ever to, to get it now as the season is getting underway there are in-depth previews on all 362 teams. We gave the same amount of coverage to Chicago State as we did to Purdue. 1,300 words at least on each team, letting you know the ins and outs of what every team wants to do, personnel. Uh, have a look at the national landscape as well, conference landscapes as well. Um, I think the whole thing in total is about somewhere between like 800 and 1,000 like different pages within the, the website to, to click on. Um, but it, it is chock full of information. I know people found it very useful last year. Hoping people find it useful this year, and it was accurate last year. Hope it's accurate this year too. We'll we'll see. But you know, we talked to every single coach in the country um, to to get the information and try and be as accurate as possible. Don't think you're really getting that anywhere else. So if you have not, make sure you, you buy your copy today at CBBAlmanac.com.
0: In this era of the transfer portal, I think it's especially helpful. I've heard a lot of fans like, I can't keep track of who's on what team anymore. Well, for $15 uh, before the season and now $20 during the season, you can do that. So I think that's a worthwhile investment for any fan. Uh, we had Mark Byneton on the JMU head coach about a week and a half ago and prepping for this, uh, the Almanac was crucial. And at the end, I'm like, you know, coach, you seem like a really good matchup for Michigan State. So uh, uh, the, kudos to the Almanac, I think, for uh, helping uh,
1: make that prediction there a little bit. Yeah. They, um, I, 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 had JMU, I had the Sunbelt and having JMU talking to him going through the team. I was like, that's a good team. Yeah. That's like, you're going through pretty like, they. I got guys who can do this. I remember talking to him and in, in the interview, um, it's like, I think they had a number of guys who were, uh, rookies of the year freshmen of the year in their mm-hmm. old conference that were all like on this team now. And it's like, Oh yeah. All right. So there's talent and there's yeah. legitimate depth of, of that talent too. And I think he saw it against Michigan state, um, not a huge size drop off from mm-hmm. a, a power conference team too. So uh, I know we're talking Maryland, but JMU is like, they're going to be around.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of like scrappy teams here in the DMV. So that's uh mm-hmm. gives us something fun to talk about. And then also you write for heat check CBB and also do the heat check hangout. Uh, Connor Riley, you guys kill it. I, I listen every week. So um I appreciate that. But for anybody who isn't following already, where can they find the show and, and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, you can find the, the show Heat Check, uh, the Heat Check Hangout. Um, I think it might just be the Hangout in some places, but the Heat Check Hangout on any of your podcast platforms is available. We also have a YouTube channel if you want to watch. Uh, subscribe there as well. Um, it's also up on HeatcheckCB.com. Everything we do at Heat Check is on HeatCheckCBB.com. Uh, I personally have a column that comes out twice a week called the Ralph Report every Monday and Friday, letting you know uh, what from the last week or weekend's action actually matters and could matter moving forward. Uh, there's some features in there as well. I did one um, last week on Isaiah Stevens, Colorado That's State's one guard who is all always being one of these guys that we don't know as much about perhaps nationally. Stevens is another one of those guys who doesn't get the love nationally that he deserves, I think. Um, so any anything you you want, again, buy the Almanac, but make sure you're following along with HXCWB.com as well.
0: Yeah. I love that. No, the coverage is great. And honestly, the Ralph report is a nice way for me to kind of figure out who I need to be paying attention to for the week coming up. So I always appreciate that. Uh, Brian, where can people find you on Twitter and things like that?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter or X as I refuse to call it. Yeah,
0: sure. Same. I can't yeah. Uh,
1: but I, I'm on it at B Ralph 33. It's B R A U F 33.
0: Awesome. Hey, thanks, man. This has been so great. Uh, you know, we'll see if any of our uh, predictions here come true, but I appreciate you helping folks get ready for the upcoming, uh, Classic here
1: down in Nashville. Yeah, let's hope so. I appreciate the time.
0: All right, everybody. uh, You know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're presented by betonline.ag, and we'll catch you all next time.